My partner Liz and I have made many driving trips across the country to visit her clients. I love to drive, and we love seeing the country together. And we've never really had any trouble. And our, our little motto between the two of us is, there's nothing we can't do together. So in July of 2014, we decided to combine our vacation with her work trip. After visiting her Colorado clients, we headed west on Interstate 70 toward Utah. Our plan was to stay in Moab for a couple of days before heading on to California. As the view of the western slope of the Rockies got farther and farther away in the rearview mirror, the view of southern Utah got more and more isolated up ahead. Now Liz is a meticulous map reader. I often just call her Magellan. <laughs> and she had gotten directions to our lodging over the phone from a local. When we turned off the interstate, it went like this. Take the blacktop road for I don't remember how many miles. Go through the ghost town of Cisco. Now this was not a quaint old western kind of ghost town. This was a 20th century ghost town. Rusted out buildings and cars, lots of broken glass. It was one of the creepiest places I have ever seen. Then continue on the blacktop. There was barely a center line. Cross the cattle guard. <laughs> I think we saw a total of two cars, both going in the opposite direction. <laughs> As we got further and further from any sign of civilization, began to feel real signs of anxiety. And I kept asking Liz, are you sure this is right? I mean, I had absolutely no idea where we were and absolutely no idea where we were going because she had the directions. <laughs> I was traveling with and responsible for a handicapped person. It was getting later and later in the afternoon. I had my cell phone, but there was no service. <laughs> As I gripped the steering wheel with my hands and the car seat with my backside, I said a little prayer and asked God, just please let the car get to where we're going. And finally, just before sunset, we reached our destination for the night. I don't think I have ever felt a greater sense of relief than when we pulled into that parking lot. And I whispered another prayer of just sheer thanksgiving. That afternoon in the wilderness, for me at least, was a difficult experience physically, emotionally, 
spiritually. But Liz and I were able to get through it together. Today, we read Mark's cut-to-the-chase account of the major events in Jesus' life. In the space of only six verses, we hear of Jesus' baptism, the acknowledgement that He is God's Son, the Beloved, and His temptation by Satan, not to mention the beginning of His ministry. The Spirit that descends on Jesus at His baptism is the same Spirit that literally flings Him, still dripping wet, into the wilderness. Very often we find ourselves thrust into these wilderness moments. Sometimes they are real, physical places. Sometimes the wilderness seems to be all around us, in the world. Violence, injustice, poverty, hunger. More often, the wilderness exists within us, crawling with beasts and demons. We struggle with temptations. We feel overwhelmed. We lose faith. We spend a lot of time just lost and feeling alone. But look again at Mark's passage. There is hope. Jesus is not driven into the wilderness alone. He goes with the knowledge that He is God's own beloved child and bearing the power of the Holy Spirit. And best of all, the angels attend Him. We too share in that knowledge and affirmation At our baptism, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. And best of all, angels attend us too. Those we recognize and those of which we are unaware. Families, friends, priests, deacons, therapists, coaches, teachers, Total strangers. And don't discount or underestimate your own capacity to be an angel in this wilderness. You never know when a kind word or a smile or a listening ear or a gift of food or money may be just what someone needs to help them through a rough wilderness patch. All the skills we acquire, all the knowledge we gain, all the resources we possess, all the titles we have in front of our name or all the letters we have behind them don't amount to very much if we don't use them to help those in need. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness struggling with his faith making hard choices, preparing himself for a ministry that would test him completely. Let us always remember that we do not travel this road alone. 
in the beautifully poignant words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. To go one's way under the sign of the cross is not misery and desperation, but peace and refreshment for the soul. It is the highest joy. Then we do not walk under our self-made laws and burdens, but under the yoke of Him who knows us and who walks under the yoke with us. Under His yoke, we are certain of His nearness and communion. As we enter this Lenten journey, let's go together, remembering our baptismal promise to support one another in our life in Christ, because there really is nothing we can't do together.